1: Scoopy Radio at the airport, on the plane, on the train, in front of the daggone TV screen as you get ready for week one of football. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoopy. Follow me on Instagram at Scoop underscore B, Snapchat Scoop underscore B, and make sure, most importantly, that you subscribe. To the Scoop B Radio podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn F, Stitcher app, and you can also so subscribe on Spotify. We are in there like swimwear. And on the phone right now is a guy that is on the rise, none other than my main man, Radio TV host, Joe Lockett. You can find him on a 101.1 FM WYBE in Birmingham, Alabama. He's also the TV host of his own show, Outspoken with Joe Lockett, you can find it on the Alabama cable stations and H-C-N in Alabama. Or you can visit J-L-E-N-H-D dot com. Joe Lockett, welcome to Scoopy Radio. Is man, is, is
2: this Scoopy? What's going on, man? I get to be on this podcast. I've been trying to get on for, of, man, I don't know how long. What's going on, Scoop?
1: I told you when you called me, I'm trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. <laughs> and
2: what did I tell you? Who else would ever want to get it first, but guess what? We're going to split it.
1: I'm I'm, I'm liking it, man. we got to stick together. Let's do it. So, hey, first and foremost, man, it's been a very busy week in the news. I I, I can't even remember what today is. By the time you guys listen to this podcast, it is Friday morning. But, brother, Colin Kaepernick uh, signed a a deal with Nike and will be part of, the, I guess, the headliner of their uh, 30-year anniversary of Just Do It. Do you like it?
2: I love it. I'm I mean, man, men covering the Colin Ka- Colin Kaepernick, man, we've had our issues, bro. You know, I've been on my radio telling him to shut up because I didn't agree with some of the stuff he's been doing, what he was doing in the beginning. Um, but this campaign here, man, I love it. I'm so I'm I'm happy for uh, Colin Kaepernick. And also, I'm gonna say, you know, Nike, they did a pimp move. They pulled a Donald Trump, bro. <laughs> they went on, they hijacked the situation just like Donald Trump
1: did, and now they're making money with it, and Colin Kaepernick making money with it too. Listen, you know, Donald Trump is from Queens. They say Queens makes the money. Bruh.
2: Donald do you- Trump came in, didn't have anything to do with the national the National Anthem the NFL, threw his bullet pool pit in there, made this about um the anthem and made it a um national um thing that everybody wanna talk about now. So Nike said, Okay, we're gonna let this die down for two years. I got a problem with Nike, we can get into that a little bit later. But they came out two years later, they said we're gonna pimp this situation, we're gonna turn a social issue into something great. We're going to make you look like the hero. We're going to give back to his foundation. We're going to uh, put him out there. He's not in the NFL uniform. He's just speaking for the kids. Let's make a difference. Good, Great marketing, man. What can you say It's
1: great marketing? Marketing was genius. You said that it that for Trump, he made it about the kneeling and about the flag. Do you think in your mind that Donald Trump really believes that?
2: Um, I'm going to say now he does. Because he got a fan base behind it. If it was unpopular, he tried and it, it didn't work, I would say he probably wouldn't. Um, but you know, you go back with the history, Donald Trump, uh, was, uh, wanted to buy one of the NFL teams. So I think Donald Trump in the beginning just had a bone to pick with the NFL team only because they wouldn't let him in a good old boy club with the NFL. But once he saw stuck with his 35 to 40% fan base, you know, he said, okay, I got this. So he can go to his go-to bag anytime. And anytime you're talking about, you know, patriotism in our country and you got people behind you, 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 that's not a fight you're going to lose very often. So whenever he wants to go to that go-to bag right now, because of kneeling, he made it uh, about the patriotism. And so what Colin Kaepernick and the guy thought of kneeling for it has nothing to do with it now. So that's why I've always said, Scoop, I, I was on my TV show the other day talking about it, NFL players love you, you're grown men, you're going to do what you want to do, but damn, stop kneeling. It's not working.
1: Instead of kneeling, what should they do? Play football, man. Because, again, when
2: you think about this,
1: when these guys was playing
2: in junior league, they played in high school, they played in college school. OK, let's, let's be real. Did those guys ever think they would be taking up a social act? I don't think Colin Kaepernick called anybody or texted anybody or emailed anybody and said, hey, you know, we should get together and we should kneel or sit down for uh, police brutality. He decided to do that on his own. People took a picture of it. They saw it. It went national. OK, it made a national news story. But Colin Kaepernick was doing it way before. And, Scoop, here's the other part of it. People forget how this all kind of transpired. And they even see guy actually told him to not sit and to kneel. But we want to just skip all over that. Right. And do I agree with Colin Kaepernick kneeling on the national anthem? No, I don't. I fought for this country. So I don't agree, agree with it, but it is his right. And when I went on my radio show, Scoop, and I told Colin Kaepernick to shut up, and the reason why I told Colin Kaepernick to shut up, because he wanted everybody to, uh, to get by on police brutality. A couple of months later, it was time for the election. Guess what he went out there and did? He wanted to tell everybody he didn't vote. Well, how the hell are you going to change the vote? If you don't, how are you going to change the situation if you don't vote? Nilling is great, but if you don't take any, any action after that, there's no change. So that's what me and Colin Kaepernick, we bump heads at. I got a problem with that. But what he's doing with Nike, man, it's a business move. But don't come back to me talking about you trying to do this thing for police brutality now, because now you're making money. And that has nothing to do with why he was kneeling.
1: Do you think that with Colin Kaepernick's uh, new partnership with Nike as the Facebook that just do a thirtieth anniversary campaign that it gives him a chance to suit up a, a four team even as a as a backup quarterback? No. Why?
2: Colin Kaepernick, but I don't think you'll never see the inside of an NFL again, bro. this move that he's made right now, he's too polarized. Even if a team wanted to touch him, right, they would. You gotta think about it, Colin Kaepernick was fourteen and two, okay, before he left. He lost his job to a guy named Brad Brad uh Gabbard, I think it was. He yes, lost his job done. to that guy. Yeah, yeah he, lost his, the guy, he lost his job to that guy. Okay? So he wasn't really doing anything. Is he better than some of the quarterbacks that are playing today? Yes. But do they need Colin Kaepernick? They can find a backup quarterback that's better than Colin Kaepernick. About football, Colin Kaepernick was not doing that great. Colin Kaepernick is the guy now who's known for kneeling. He's not known for his f- football acumen scoop.
1: And you say that even with him taking the Forty Nineers to the Super Bowl,
2: bro, that's a one time thing. But
1: after that, what did he do?
2: He, I mean, he did it. He took the 49ers to the Super Bowl, I almost won. I'm gonna give him that. But the coach is gone, and when that coach left, when his coach left, Colin Kaepernick went down. So he played within a system. They had a great system. They had a great team that year. They didn't do anything. But if you're great, no matter what, you got the Tom Brady, you got the Drew Brees, you got the Peyton manners of the world. When you look at these guys, no matter who you put out there, they make those guys look great. Carly Kaepernick could not do that.
1: Scoopy, Scoopy Radio on the line with Joe Lockett, host of a Joe Lockett show out on 101.1 FM, WYDE in Birmingham, Alabama. also. Uh, host on TV of of, of, Outspoken with Joe Lockett on Alabama Cable. Make sure to check him out at J-L-E-N-H-D dot com and you uh, are based in Alabama and I'm curious, I've never been to Alabama and I want to say all the right things because I want to be welcome with open arms (laughs) All right. Uh, You as a black man, the only other person from Alabama that I've ever met that's black is Charles Barkley and he's outspoken as well. It must be something in the water. But... (laughs) As a black man as a radio host in Alabama, how do you uh, code switch efficiently where you hear what people are saying, you understand the black side, you understand the white side, but you stay in the middle? How are you able to to be Will Smith on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and function in both worlds?
2: Because here's the thing, man. People are people. You know, I see color. I see the differences. I even hear people opinions opinions about what I say and what I do. But this is the one thing I've learned to do, and it's maybe my military training because I was in the military,
1: mm-hmm.
2: is that you judge people on how they treat you. And if you put the work in, man, most people. I'm not gonna say everybody. So when everybody listen to this, listen to your viewers. I mean, you're listening. Listen to this thing. Don't go out there and jump out jump out at me and, and attack. But mm-hmm. when you're listening to people, they have the same fears, the same wants that you do. They go to work, right? People feel like they're being disenfranchised, whether you want to say it's blacks or whites or Hispanics. People feel that way. But at the end of the day, what you see on TV is not what you see when you go to the big box stores such as Walmart. You go to Regis Bank. You go to these different banks. You go out there in the streets every day. Scoop, let's be real, man. When you go out to the streets every day, do you feel like somebody's looking at you and want to beat you side the head or put you back in slavery every day?
1: No, but I'm also six five and uh, built like Charles Barkley, and I know that people fear me because I'm a big dude. Yes. But, but I think when I open my mouth and people hear me talk, they're they're disarmed.
2: And that's the thing, man. People, if you go when I lived in I lived in Japan for 13 years, I've been out and traveled pretty much all over the world. People are always going to feel some kind of way until they get to know you. Now, is there racism in America, Scoop? Of course. Is there people who don't like don't like it because of the color of my skin and the way I think? Of course. But let me tell you this, Scoop, and to your listeners. Also, there's black folks who don't like me, too. <laughs> okay? For the things I say and, and because of the color of my skin and because of some of the success that I've been able to have and they haven't been able to have. It goes both ways. I get it's, it's, it's a great story to talk about racism, and it's something that we should talk about. But, bruh, let me ask people this. And I want people to clearly think about this. Surely, what if we focus more on what we have in common and work on the things we don't?
1: Hmm, that's true. That hmm. goes back to Martin Luther King's judging someone by the by, not by the color of skin, but the content of character. But I feel like people have to first listen to understand, not listen to respond. We're all we all have our guards up. Exactly,
2: exactly. And somebody got to toe the olive branch, man. And sometimes, you know, yeah, as a black man, you feel like you're toeing the olive branch all the time. But this is my goal in life, and this is what I work for, and this is why I do the things the way I do it. I don't want my child, your child, or your listener's child to have this same damn conversation 10, 20 years from now. So I'd rather fight this fight and get through this so we can have, so they can have a conversation and go out and kick it. And rock with each other instead of fighting with each other like we're
1: doing right now. Scoops, Scooby Radio, Radio. with my new friend Joe Rocket, talking politics, talking race, talking socioeconomic status and regional everything. We're talking a myriad of things, but hey, you're I, I, where on the street is that you are a uh, Alabama fan. Roll Tide, baby! <laughs> <laughs> Nick Saban was in the news uh, this week. Obviously, uh, the way that he spoke to ESPN sideline reporter Maria Taylor uh, mm. it was a big thing. And the coach went off on Taylor after she asked him about the team's quarterbacks uh, following the, the Tide's uh, opening win over Louisville. What say you about how Saban handled it?
2: Man, you just heard me on my road tie fan scoop, and uh, love me some Papa Nick, man. You know, but on this one here, I got to say um, he was wrong. Um, it was a standard question and any good reporter would have asked the question and I have to give Maria, um, props. She handled it very professionally and went on to the next question. She didn't get on Twitter, She didn't attack. She didn't do anything. Um, big ups and big respect to Maria for what she did and how she handled it. And I think uh ESPN have a very, very good asset in her, um, on Nick Saban part. Um, I love him, but what he did was wrong. And I think the apology that he gave really wasn't a great apology. Um, He he made it seems kinda half, you know, sorta kinda yeah, I kinda see it and I I don't think it was sincere. Um and Nick Saban being the guy that he is, as polished as well, um rounded as he is, however I mean how he's taken care of Alabama over the years, he knows how to handle the media. And they just had won that game. I think it was like fifty something to fourteen. I know they had some problems, but it wasn't that many problems for you to be disrespectful to a reporter answering you a common question. That what people don't want to talk about is the, the controversy he started. He put Tua in because Jalen wasn't doing well. Tua, Tua won the game. So the obvious question for any reporter, anybody's scoop is what? Who are you going to play? The controversy came out. Jalen came out during the summertime saying he wasn't happy that the coaches hadn't talked to him about it, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, any good reporter on any network is going to ask Nick Saber, what did you think about your quarterback, you know, in the situation after that? So, Nick knew that question was coming. And the way he handled it, I think it wasn't good.
1: Was in fair ground for Oh, yes. Yes, it was fair. It was very fair. As I look at that situation recently, and then I look at last season in the NFL where Cam Newton comments about, you know, the reporter who asked him a question about, uh, I guess, the playbook. And he responded with, wow, you're a woman and you know about football. Do you think that it's an issue that people are just hypersensitive to what's going on in the world and in a in world where right now women's issues is at the forefront? Do you think it's women's issues or do you think it's a race issue as to why many people were upset about what, what Nick Saban said? I
2: think from a societal point of view, I think women, I mean, people, we saw her as a woman and Nick Saban taking advantage of the situation. I think from Nick Saban's um, point of view, I think that he's a coach. Um, he felt the way he felt. He really probably didn't feel like talking to media at the time. I don't think he saw the woman. I don't think he saw the race. I think he would did that to a man. Nick Saban has known to be kind of snarly to reporters anyway. That's
1: interesting. Scoopy Radio. Radio on the line with Joe Lockett. And you were no chopped liver man. Just in looking at your uh, analytics on your show, uh, you have worldwide listeners, and you reach nine hundred thousand listeners, not including radio waves. And you, your radio waves can be seen, can reach between three hundred fifty thousand to four hundred thousand. Am I correct?
2: That's what they tell me,
1: man. That's what they tell me. <laughs> tell me a little bit more about your, your 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 beginnings in radio. What made you want to do this?
2: You know, man. Um I wanted to do something at the end of the day that was going to make an impactful, um, impact people's lives at one time, it's like a cookie-cutter process. And I think you can feel this scoop that when we speak, we speak to hundreds of thousands of people, you know, sometimes millions of people, right? Um, and we get to do that with one microphone. So what other job in the world that you can make that impact if you, unless you're a celebrity in a movie or something like that, if you're not in media, like being on radio or TV? TV has and radio has that effect. So, you know, I kind of said, you know, let me do something with my life where I can reach a lot of people. And God blessed me to be able to start my own radio show at 6 o'clock in the morning, it became the number one show there after about a year, being uh, at 6 o'clock on Saturday morning. And uh, we were able to get a show um, in the afternoon primetime from 4 to 7. And we've been there ever since, man. We've been kicking the ratings in the behind down in Alabama, number one um, talk show on Saturdays um, from 47 every every weekend. And now we just started this week, just started on my new TV show. Now I'm on Fridays week, 67 um, here on Alabama, on, on Alabama Cable Network. And people worldwide can catch us at jlenhd.com, that's J-L-E-N-H-D.com, um, and watch the show. And the crazy thing about it, man, I created a show where it's just like my radio show. We talk about the topics of the day, and people can call into the show and be outspoken along with me and my co-host. So
1: what do you what do you tell the people who tell you you have a face radio now? They got to see on TV. Bruh, I, I warned
2: everybody when I first got on TV that I got a face for radio. You know, brother behind the, behind the radio, right? You know, we all got that face for radio. So it is what it going to be, but I just knew I wanted to take it to another level. I wanted to do something different because there's so many people in radio. You got the Rush Limbaughs again, but Glenn Becks of the world. And you know, Joe Madison's, you know, those guys have been doing a great job for so many years. It don't leave a lot of room for other guys and it's tough to get into that market. And so I said, man, you know something? Instead of trying to fight the meat, the beast out there, want me to do something different. And I decided to start my own TV show.
1: Why? I mean, Alabama seems to be just the fabric of, of news this week. And, and the other thing to, about Alabama that I seemed that seemed interesting is um, Senator Doug Jones is reluctant to not confirm uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Why? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know if he's playing
2: politics. I don't know if he's playing to his base because sometimes he rolls with Donald Trump agenda. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, I'm I'm all be honest with you, Scoop. Um, I don't know why Don Ju- D- Doug Jones is being reluctant at this point. And if you ask me personally, I think it's for um, to get his name out there and to show his base that, hey, look, I am standing up against this guy. This is an easy target, right? It's easy to stand up against, against this guy um, to show that I'm not working with Donald Trump and at the end kind of bow down if, if he decides to. But Doug Jones has to be very careful. Because of the way he got that seat through this special election, so he's trying to protect the base that he has, but also, you know, trying to get his name, keep his name out there in the in the, uh, in the national news also. So I think it's a play on both parts. I think it's more politics than anything.
1: Here's a straight up question: I know on the East Coast, Trump is a is a loaded term. I know in the world, Trump is a loaded term. In Alabama, the South is traditionally Republican. Are mm-hmm. folks in your area just gung ho Trump or? Are, they, uh, are there some that really don't like what he stands
2: for? You know, I'm going to say most of the blacks uh, probably don't like what Donald Trump stands for um, in Alabama. And you have a lot of whites who love Donald Trump. And you have some whites that don't so much like him, but they can digest him. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, man. Donald, when you're winning, you can get away with a lot. And Donald Trump has done one two things um, in his time term as being the president of the United States that keeps him going. If he loses either one of those, he's in trouble. He got the economy humming, and he got the job rates looking good. As long as he got those things going, he can mess up pretty much because the way he came in. People are going to give him a break because his, goal, his go-to is what? Well, the economy is doing well, and the jobs are looking great. So I'm doing a great job as a president, even though he have not really turned um, got any laws passed. Even though he haven't did any really good policies, all he did is wrote, wrote executive orders, EOs, right? And just basically pulled the regulations down and opened up the market for, his business, for the business people. I mean, that's what he did. I'm not mad at it. It's working. I'm doing good. So I'm not mad at Donald Trump for that. But at the end of the day, when you look at what he's done, he hasn't really done much but used his business savvy to get the economy going.
1: Scooping Radio on the line with Joe Lockett talking Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. Yeah. That's it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> mayor uh, Randall Woodson, uh wants Birmingham to be a welcoming city. Mm-hmm. Is Birmingham a sanctuary city?
2: Right now, to my knowledge, no. And I think people are taking that way out of context. I think they want to make um, uh, Randall, um, the mayor, um, to be that guy. Now, you can read into that, but right now, you know, I know the mayor personally. And you know when you say welcoming, let me ask you this: and anybody that's listening to this to, to to us right now, when you welcome to someone to your home, is it a sanctuary city? Are you just letting in anybody? No, you want the city to be welcoming. So I'm telling folks, don't read into it until he say that this is what he's going to do, because right now he's working his behind off to make sure that Birmingham and that is looking really good, and we need to be able to do business with different people. And so we're trying to get the crime rate down here in Alabama because we got we just had four killings in the last thirty six hours. So Mm -hmm. that is a problem in our country and in in Birmingham. So people talking about welcoming man, forget that. We're trying to make sure that the stuff here that we're cleaning up so you would be welcome when you come and you feel safe. That's the thing that we need to be talking about. people are trying to make this man words into something that is not to me at this point in time. But what I'm worried about most in our in our inner cities right now, man, we having a lot of killings of kids, kids out here killing kids.
1: Mhm, that's fair in a recent n p r code switch podcast uh the mayor uh says he doesn't believe in going around town asking people their immigration status. Woodfin has talked about that with his new police chief, and he says the city is not in that type of business. Some may say that's kind of Obama-like.
2: Let me ask you this, Scoop. What city and what matter do you know that goes around asking people, you know, what their status is? You got police going around asking, what that's what ICE does. That's what ICE does, Okay. Most cities are not going to go in and go knocking on people's doors. That's not what they do. See, again, people are trying to read something into um, that's not there for the mayor, and I'm not. I'm not going to allow people to come in and do our mayor that way. He's doing what he's supposed to do as a mayor. I that has not even the previous the previous mayor, Mayor Bell, did not go around asking people their their status. Mayor Ericson didn't go around asking people their status. So he's doing nothing no different than any previous mayor has is doing or has done. Loyalty, loyalty,
1: loyalty, loyalty. Loyal, man. I like that.
2: Hey, man. Until I see um, Mayor um, Wolfing do something that um, I can disagree with, I don't mind being outspoken about it, but what I see is he's trying to do a good job. And it's tough when you're trying to do a good job and toe the line um, to make everybody happy to a point. And at some point, you're going to piss some people off. But right now, man, I think in his first term doing what he does, he's different. He's brought a different vibe to Alabama. Um, there are some people who are rocking with them. There are some people who are not rocking with them. But this is the way I rock with anybody, you or anybody else, Coop. Let me see what your report call looks like when you finish. The process is always messy. Me and you both know that, right? Sure. It don't look good. You may get some bad headlines and everything, but let me see. And that's what I say about Donald Trump. I say about our mayor around Randall Wolfsburg. Let me see what that report call looks like when you're all said and done. Then I'm going to go back and down the checklist of all the things you said. And let me see what you got done. And the things you didn't get done, i want to see why then I can really judge you about who you are as a person. But the process of it, I just kind of stay out of it and go with the flow of it until I see the end result. Because how you get to the finish line is not – not everybody will get to the finish line the same way. Let me say that.
1: Here's a million-dollar question for you. Would you have liked Uh-oh. to, if LeBron had responded to Donald Trump after he made those comments about uh, himself and Don Lemon in that interview, would you have liked to hear LeBron respond to President Trump?
2: Would I have liked to hear LeBron respond to Donald Trump on, on which part? I they, they, they went back and forth on a couple I think things. He
1: tweeted about him, and he opened the school, and he had the interview with Donald.
2: No, no, I don't think he should have responded. I think Donald. I mean, um, LeBron James' scoop did was a class act. LeBron' works speaks for itself. with the president because the president decided to use his Twitter as his bullet pool pulpit is not always in the way we should do business, it What I love about LeBron James. And a lot of people who don't respond to President Donald Trump is this. LeBron James is not just a superstar. He's a role model for a lot of kids. And first and foremost, he's a father and he's a husband. And his family and his followers and his uh, fans, this is how you act with class. No matter what President Trump said about him, he can never take away the accomplishments of LeBron James with two championships and the school season. And we, the scholarship that he's given people, Donald Trump can never take that away. How yeah, I many times he tweet?
1: What do you say to the folks who criticize the fact that LeBron did put up his own money and it was a funded, a government-funded, mostly fun, government-funded school in his native Akron, Ohio?
2: I tell them to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I want to see anybody go there and fund a school. You know what I mean? and keep paying for it. Of course, at some point in time you got to get off my you got to get off my get off my dime. He did the right thing. How many people going to even put themselves in a position to put up some money? And the people who are talking crap man, come on. You put up some money. They ain't even put up 5 cents. Let's be real. Most people are not even put, going to damn PTA meetings. Come on. <laughs> man, skip me with that.
1: Well, Brother, you off the high seat. Joe Lockett joins Scoop B Radio. Tell everybody where they can find everything you got going on.
2: All right, so you guys can go ahead and follow me at Joe Lockett Show um, on anything social media. And also, you guys can go check out my new uh, TV show. It's JL Outspoken on social media Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's JL Outspoken. Here's my radio show on WYDE 101.1. By the way, I tell you guys what. Just go to com. That's com. Click on TV, radio, anything. You can check my mentoring programs. You can check out the back-to-school things that we do. You can check my radio shows and my TV shows. I love you guys, and I want you guys to remember, I want you guys to always stay locked in to what you truly believe in. Scoop, it's been a good one hollering at you, man.
1: Man, you, so, you did your elevator pitch and sold your mixtape at the same time.
2: <laughs> Bruh, that's why they call me That's why they say, hey, I stay locked in what I do, I'm pretty good at what I do, Scoop
1: Well, definitely a good introduction Man, glad we made it And, um, real time Hey Scoop,
2: I want to thank you, man, so much for having me on your show Man, a number love for you And, um, make sure you get with my, get with my guy, man I want to make sure I bring you on my show So I can introduce you to my To my to my listeners also
1: You ain't said nothing but a word, brother Enjoy your weekend, and, um, we're
0: gonna make it happen
2: Sounds good, man. I love you, man. And you and your listeners, y'all have a great evening.
0: Scoop B Radio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh
1: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
0: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey
2: folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues